0: This is episode 327 of the Influencer Entrepreneurs Podcast with Jenny Melrose. Today, we're going to be jumping into how to use Instagram to grow your business without burning out with Kendra Swalls. We're going to be really talking about the pieces of Instagram that you can continue to utilize to grow your business. You're also going to hear us talk a little bit about how you don't want to grow your entire business just on a social media platform. You've heard me say time and time again that you cannot grow your business on rented property, and that's exactly what social media is. So we're going to talk about how you can actually transition your audience on Instagram to your email list and how to make it super easy to continue to consistently create content so that your audience begins to like, know, and trust you. All right, you guys, let's dive in. Hi, Kendra. How are you? I'm great. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. Thank you so much for being here. I'm super excited to have this conversation about how to use Instagram to grow your business without actually burning out. But before we jump into that, will you actually introduce yourself and your business to my audience? Absolutely. So um, as you said, my name is Kendra Swalls. I am a former
1: teacher. I know we've had this conversation a little bit. I was a math specialist for several years, taught elementary school for several years, um, left that behind whenever I, while I was teaching, I built a photography business. And when I had my second daughter left teaching behind, I love that you say you've retired from teaching. I should start using that. I've retired from teaching I was running my photography business full-time and I really started learning about the business of building a business and less about, you know, with a lot of times creative business owners, they focus on the creativity and not the business. And Mm -hmm. I really went all in on the business. I loved learning about marketing strategies and social media and email marketing and relationship building and all the things. And so... I was able to really grow my photography business using those strategies. And then that led to all these people asking like, well, tell me what you did and teach me what, teach me your ways. And yes. the teacher in me was like, sure, let me do this. And so I started my podcast, Girl Means Business. I kind of built my coaching business backwards because I was more focused in the beginning of like, let me just get this information out there. And then I was like, I should probably charge people for some of this. And so I started the podcast and then built the brand around that, where I now offer um, one-on-one coaching and I have programs and courses available to help women in business build their business, launch it kind of from the ground up.
0: It's so funny the way that a teachers' brains work right. Yeah. We go into something, we like being creative, but really, we're just these eternal learners ourselves. Because I, when we did our interview, no one else can see your background, but I see all the books in the background. And it's the, my people know that when they get on calls with me, it's the same. I have mm-hmm. all the books, and everybody always laughs at me and says, That's all you ever read. You don't read anything fun. I'm like, No, this is fun for me. Exactly. I like the busy development. Yes. And that is, I think we're eternal learners. We always want to continue to be learning. And then because we have this teacher brain where we're like, let me teach it so that you can get it. Cause I know how to teach this five different ways so that you'll understand it. We end up turning into that piece of us. So I love that. That's what you also did as well. It's so fun.
1: Yeah. And I think what you said too about like the way our brains work, it took me a while to lean into that. I know you teach about this as far as like kind of like finding what it is that sets you apart. And it took me a while to realize that what set me apart was that I'm able to take these things that feel really big and overwhelming and simplify them in a way that makes sense. And I never saw that as a strength because I'm like, well, it's just what you do, but that's not something everybody's brain does. It's what a teacher's brain does. And other people do it as well. But I definitely think it's something that a teacher's brain automatically takes things and just breaks them down as much as possible.
0: Yes, because on your episode, your podcast we talked about, I really emphasize the fact about positioning. So for my audience that we talk, make sure you go over and listen to that episode for sure on Kendra's um, podcast. But it is, that is part of who I always describe myself. I am that teacher. Um, No one's going to teach like I'm going to teach you and I'm going to talk fast too, of course, because I'm from New York. So that's what we do. But so let's talk about this. How often do you think we should be posting to Instagram? Because my people have lots of questions when it comes to Instagram.
1: So I always say that there's no one size fits all. Everybody wants people to come on and be like, okay, here's exactly what you need to be doing. And here's exactly how to, to find success on Instagram or social media. And the thing is, it's really... To me, it's not about how often you post. It's more about how often can you be consistent. So I tell people all the time, I'm like, I Instagram is part of my business. So I am posting pretty much daily on Instagram. Now, I'm not always necessarily posting to my feed. I might be posting to my stories or posting a reel or whatever, but I am on Instagram every single day in some capacity. That is something that feels doable for me. It's become part of my routine each day. Now there are people who still work a nine to five job or have you know t- you know kids. I mean I have kids at home, but they're at school during the day now. If you have little kids at home with you all day, or you're nursing a baby, all day, like you're not going to have that same capacity. So if your capacity is twice a week, then you need to be posting every week, twice a week. So I have a good friend who is she works in social media and she does social media management for other businesses. But on her own account, she's like, I do it all day for everybody else. So I don't have the energy to do it on mine. So I've helped her. I'm like, okay, well then let's look at like, what can you do three times a week, Monday, Wednesday, Friday? Can you put out and schedule a piece of content that goes out Monday, Wednesday, Friday? She's like, yeah, I can do that. And now she's consistently Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. So it's less about like, here's the magical number of times to post. It's, What can you be consistent at so that your audience expects it from you? They know that every Monday evening at 6 PM, you're going to post something and they're going to be able to, they want to go on and see it or that they know when they open their app, they're going to see you in their stories Monday through Friday. Um, I know for me, that's it. I take weekends off. I don't post on social media on the weekends. I give myself that break, but Monday through Friday, I am in there daily kind of engaging and interacting. So Figure out what you can do so that you don't burn yourself out. Because if you say, I'm going to post every single day and you don't have the capacity to do that, within two or three weeks, you're going to be like, screw it, forget Instagram, shut the whole thing down. And you don't want to do that.
0: Yes. No, I could not agree more. And I think a piece of that too is it's the consistency. And it's not just the consistency on Instagram, it's a consistency. And see, and what you do—if you blog, if you podcast, it, wherever you are putting out content that you know your people are there listening it and, and taking it in—that's what's important. That's where you want to be the most consistent, and then stepping up with what platforms are going to be a good fit for you. So, if it is Instagram being consistent with it. Now you talked about, when you were talking about Instagram, you talked about some of the features. So what features within Instagram should we be utilizing? uh, Stories, reels, what are you finding is working?
1: Yeah, so I think of the Instagram features as like, neighborhoods within like a little community. Mm -hmm. So you have stories, you have the feed, you have uh, reels or video content, and then you have lives. Those are kind of the four main pieces. Within those, you have all these little things that Instagram, and by the time this episode comes out, who knows, we could have 5 million different things updated because I think in 2022, they've had like 200 and some odd, I mean, it's crazy amount, maybe even higher than that updates they've done. But those four things have kind of been the consistent neighborhood. So, the way I look at them is they all serve a different purpose. So, I look at like my feed content is content I'm putting onto my feed for my current audience. So, it's educational content, it's things, it's talking about my products or services, it's sharing tips. The reels feature for me, that is where I'm looking to reach a larger audience. That's where I'm getting the higher views, the you know, viral for me content. That's a little more fun. It's a little more playful. It's a little more of let me kind of do the surface level things that are going to draw people in. So an example would be I work with a lot of moms. And so a lot of my reels are around mom life. Now, are they pertaining to business? Not always, but they're mom life. And so it draws the moms in. Then they look at my feed and they're like, oh, this is someone I might want to follow. So the reels are kind of like the the stage act that you put out there, the cocktail party, if you will. Mm-hmm. And then live video. I don't do a ton of live video. I feel like that is It's just not something I'm good at, something that I want to do more of, but it's good if you want to like really have an engaged audience and you're trying to like bring people in and have guest speakers and things like that. Now stories, these are my favorite. So stories is where you build connections with your current audience because everything else you're doing, your feed posts, your reels, your lives, they all need to be around your expertise, your niche, you know, they're they're providing value for your audience. Your stories is where you can really show off who you are behind the scenes. So you can post like goofy things like Um, you know, one day my dog got out and like, so we posted stories about us trying to like chase the dog down around the neighborhood or my kids doing crazy things or me like cooking dinner one night and talking about something like those are the moments that I think people like it puts a real person to your business. So I always tell people, if you can only focus on one piece of that whole neighborhood, that community it would be stories because I feel like that is where it's the one of the first things people really go to inside of Instagram. They open the app and they scroll through their stories of what people have posted. If you are posting throughout the day, you're going to be usually one of the first ones they see. If they're engaging, they're reacting, they're commenting, whatever with your stories, they're more likely to see them. And it's just, it's the way for me to make Instagram feel less like I'm just playing the Instagram game. I'm not trying to feed into an algorithm. I'm genuinely connecting with my audience. And so to me, I would say the two areas I would focus on are stories. And then if you are really trying to grow your following, Reels is the best way to do that. Unfortunately, a lot of people don't like to hear that, but. It's the reality of it is if you're trying to grow your audience, you need to be doing reels. If you're trying to connect with the audience you already have, stories is the best way to do that.
0: Yes. I personally love stories as well because they're easy. It's simple mm-hmm. to get in, in a couple seconds and just show what's going on and talk to them and walk them through something. Um, That way it doesn't have to be as pretty and perfect. And yes the music behind it and everything else like reels are. Um, but I, I definitely think that that's manageable, right? So yes. how do we actually create that like, no, and trust factor with our audience?
1: So this is where, again, these neighborhoods kind of come in. So the like P or the, yeah. So I always say like the no comes first. So no like, and then trust so that they don't know who you are that they don't following you, if they don't see your content, then they can't like or trust you. So the first piece is the no. So how are you putting yourself out there? Are you creating content that could potentially reach a larger audience, whether it's reels? And honestly, now sometimes like carousel posts do pretty well too. Um, They can get on the explore page, things like that. Are you creating content that is going to get your account noticed? Because that's how they're going to be drawn in and want to follow you on the flip side. Are you telling people what it is that you do? I see a lot of accounts where it's like, okay, I've come to your page and your bio says like coffee lover, dog, mom. Okay, great. That tells me nothing about why I should follow you or I don't, I have not learned anything about you. I'm not going to take the time to scroll through your content. So are you setting up your account in a way that people, when they come to your account, they're like, oh, this is for me. She's talking to me, or this content is something I need in my life, or a problem solves a problem for me. So that's the no piece. The like piece and the trust piece, that all comes from your content. That's where, like again, I keep like a broken record, story, story, stories, but that is where they get to like and trust you because they're getting to know you. And I think a lot of it also goes back to how much are you showing up as yourself? I have a friend who... A couple of years ago, she decided she wanted to create an online boutique. So she came to me we were neighbors. She was like, I'm going to build this online boutique. Will you help me? Absolutely. So I'm helping her with social media and her, she was adamant. She's like, I do not want to put my face out on social media. I'm a very private person. She didn't even really use, she has a Facebook account only for the purpose of having Instagram. Never post anything on it. Never goes on there. So her profile photo was a logo. All of her content was stock images of other people's, you know, where she was sourcing her clothing from. And I kept saying, I was like, you've got to put your personality into it. You've got, like, you have to have a face to the brand. Otherwise, how are they going to know this is a real thing? There's too many people out there that are scammers And if you're not connecting on a personal level with your audience, they're not going to trust that you are actually a viable company. And sure enough, within like two years, she ran herself out of business because she wasn't able to build the connections that other people were able to build. She wasn't showing up as herself. Everything was like putting up a wall between her and her audience. And that was, in my opinion, the downfall of her company. And so you need to be as personal. And I know a lot of people are like, well, I don't like showing my face. I totally get it. It's it's. I was a photographer for years for a reason. I like being behind the camera. Right. But the more you can do it, the easier it gets. Even like I have a client that I told one time, she was like, I I'm just not there yet. I'm not used to putting myself out there and, and having this personal relationship with people that I don't really know. And I said, okay, every morning you get up and you go for a walk. So share that in your stories. Now, it doesn't have to be a picture of you, like a selfie on your walk. Maybe it's you show your like a quick video clip of you, your feet walking on the pavement, or you walk by this like really beautiful gate with flowers blooming on it. And you take a picture and you say like, my morning walk, look what I found today. Or maybe you take your dog with you. And it's a picture of you walking your dog. So there's little ways to let people into your world so they do begin to like you and trust you. And they don't think that your company is just some bot out there, which a lot of, there's a lot of those out there. So you have to set yourself apart by having that personal
0: connection piece. Yes. No, definitely. So one of the things that I always tell my audience is you can build your business on rented property. I'm just hmm. that is my uh, from someone who built a very large Google Plus audience of 660 thousand people, and then they shut it down, and of course you lose all those things. How do we recommend? How would you recommend you transition your Instagram audience to your email list? Right, because we don't want them just sitting there oh, on yeah. Instagram. Yeah,
1: no, but and and I see this all the time. As I get DMs from people who are like, I just lost my Instagram. Like so recently and there's two instances i can think of one is we had that day i can't remember it's 2021 where like instagram shut down for the day facebook everybody was freaking out and i think that was a big eye opener of like oh my gosh what happens if i can't have access to this audience where that's my livelihood and then recently Instagram has gone through and they had like a bunch of, they're trying to kind of clean out accounts that are not active or that are fake and, or that aren't following guidelines. And there are people who will message me from brand new accounts to be like, Kendra, I literally had like 30,000 followers and Instagram shut down my account for absolutely no reason. What do I do? There's nothing you can do. Now you can try to reach out to Instagram and get it back. The likelihood of that is pretty slim. So, yes, you need to be, you need to have another way to reach your audience, even if it's just to say, Hey, this account is gone. I've started a new account here. Come follow me here. So, I always say you need to have a lead magnet of some kind, and this should be in your bio link, whether you have it as your sole link or you have it as like a little link tree thing that's a whole other conversation, but have a lead magnet. So, think about what is something that your audience really needs from you that you can help them get a quick win on. So for example, I'll use a photography example. So as a wedding photographer, I knew that my brides really had like, they were kind of brides who were a little bit older. They were doing things on their own. They were paying for it themselves. So budget was a big thing. So I created like a quick, like budget planning for your wedding and it was a free download. They could buy, they could download and that was a big hit because they, that was something they needed. It was a quick solve. They could print it out, fill it in, all the things. So that helped get people on my list. So think about what it is that your audience needs, create a lead magnet around that, and then just share the crap out of it on social media. The great thing about lead magnets is you're sharing something that they need for free. So you're not selling them on anything. You're just saying, like, hey, I have this really great resource. Go check it out. And so, put it into your schedule. If you're not good at this, or if you're not used to like promoting things all the time, build it into your schedule. Every Tuesday, you're going to post a story talking about it and link the beauty of Instagram. Now we all have access to links in our stories. You're going to talk about on your stories. You're going to share a link. And then on Thursday, you're going to put something in your feed post. So one of my lead magnets is a email starter kit. It's a free little kit that helps you decide, like go through the process of setting up an email list from scratch. And so I'll put a post on my feed that's like, um, how to create a really unique lead magnet. And it's a carousel post. And at the end, it's like, need help getting started with email marketing? Go to the, you know this link or whatever, or go and get my free guide. So I'm able to, in two or three separate ways, share it on Instagram and build my email list without me feeling like I'm
0: having to sell anything, I'm just providing them with something of value. Right. And it's that piece that it's valuable, right? It's a guide of some sort that's going to give them a quick win. They're going to have some form of a transformation. It's not the total solution, but it's something that is going to help them on their way in a way in which you are niched that you help solve that problem even further with your services or whatever it is that you offer. I love it.
1: Well, and really quick on the idea of lead magnets is I always like to tell people like get creative. A lot of people are like, download this guy, get this PDF, get this. I mean, I have one that's a quiz. I've seen people do like the video series or there's a lady mm-hmm. I follow that she does like a declutter challenge. And it's like a, you get an email once a week on for five weeks on how to declutter a different part of your house. Like, it doesn't have to just be a guide. It can be creatively done in other ways. So figure out what works for you and how your
0: audience is going to consume the content best. Right. Nope. I love it. So now what is the difference between your email marketing content and your Instagram content? Because I think a lot of people really struggle with that, right? So I love
1: repurposing content. So I don't think it needs to be two totally separate things. I think how you present it is the differentiator. So for example, I have my podcast, it comes out every Wednesday. And so I will send out emails every Wednesday to my audience with a, something of value. I'm sharing a tip or a resource. And then at the bottom, I have you know the information on that week's podcast episode. Sometimes they correlate, sometimes they don't. A lot of times when I'm coming up with that email content, I'm going back to whether it's my social media posts or older podcast episodes, which ultimately it's all connected. They're all shared in different, you know, same content. content, shared in different ways. And I'm going, okay, what was something that did really well on Instagram? For example, I have a post that is probably one of my top posts I've ever posted, which is how to share your mom life. On Instagram or social media without sharing your, your kids, like how mm-hmm. to be a mom on Instagram without always having your kids in the in the video or the frame. And I turned it into an email. And so my content on social media was kind of just like the highlights, like the bullet points. And then I took it over to my email and I really went into a little bit of more depth. Um, I might take something off of Instagram that I've done and where again it was kind of like the bullet points, and then I turn it into an email series. So like I'll do three weeks worth of emails going deeper into each of those points. So the Instagram content is very much the more surface level, a little bit more of like the, here's kind of the overview. And then for my email, because my email, I treat them as my VIPs. They are the ones who are going to get information first. They're the ones who are going to get the deeper dive. They're going to get a little more of the behind the scenes or a little bit more of the value. And so I want to reserve that deeper dive for them. And I'll even say sometimes in my social content, hey, if you want to learn more about this, I'm going to be talking about it in my email coming up soon. You know, go join my email list or whatever. But I do kind of use Instagram and my email marketing content in the same way. I just go a little more deeply into it for my email list.
0: Yes. No. And I think that it's important to think about like you don't need to repur- You don't need to reinvent the wheel every time. Repurposing your content is so easy. If you are yes. doing a reel, think about how you can not only do a reel, but you could also make it into a carousel post, or you can make it into a story. You Utis- utilizing it multiple ways on Instagram, and then like you said, being able to use it in your email marketing to go deeper into it um, as well. Yeah. So when I you really,
1: so I use a program called Asana it's my like organizational platform of choice. And I will do that as I kind of go in, I'm like, okay, so I created this podcast episode. I always usually start with a podcast episode because that's the longer form content. Mm -hmm. And then I'll be like, okay, so I did this, you know, on um, let's just use email marketing. I did an episode on email marketing. How can I break that up and use it into social media posts? I can do like a social media post series where I take the the email marketing episode and I do four or five different posts using four or five pieces of that. Okay. Well then how can I turn that into a blog? And then how can I turn that into an email or an email series? So that one podcast episode can feed my content buckets for weeks or even like over months. Like, so it, it is, does you don't have and. Honestly, nobody's going from my podcast to my social media, to my email, to my blog and seeing the connection all the time or the repurposing. They're usually seeing it in one place in isolation. They don't know all the time that it's been used in multiple different ways. Right. Nope. Absolutely. I
0: love it. So now you ha- talked a little bit about your email quick start mm-hmm. that you have. Um, we're going to make sure that we link to that in the show notes. Where else are the best places to connect with you?
1: Yeah. So, like I said, Instagram always, you can find me over there. It's at Girl Means Business. Um, and then you can find at girlmeansbusiness.com is kind of my home base. So, you can find everything for my podcast blog posts. Um, You can get onto my email list. You can get the email starter kit. I also have, like I mentioned, a fun little marketing quiz you can go take over there. So that's kind of the main place you can find all the things. But then um, I do hang out on Instagram a lot and I love getting DMs. I love chatting with people. So feel free to come over there. Send me a DM. Let me know you heard about me here. And if you have any questions, let me know.
0: Excellent. Thank you so much for coming on and taking the time to speak with my audience. I appreciate it. Of
1: course. Anytime. Thank you for having
0: me all right well there you have it clearly we could have continued this conversation for hours if we let us we have lots of different episodes on instagram on the podcast where we've really talked about like how if you do lose your instagram account like she talked about what to actually do that is one of the episodes that we're actually going to link to in the show notes so that you make sure that you have that we also want to make sure that if you haven't already grabbed our instagram guide that you do sell you can also always send me a dm on instagram at jenny underscore millers we'll make sure that you grab that there. And as always, I appreciate it so much when you take the time to leave a rating and review. It helps to get great guests to continue to come on and share their knowledge with you. All right, you guys, until next time, I will see you all then.